Blog Talk Radio. Hi again, and welcome back, Attorney Steve Vondren, and thank you for listening to the Vondren Legal Hour with Attorney Steve and his wife, Frontline Lisi. This is the Husband and Wife Podcast, general legal information only and not legal advice. So we're hoping here to provide you some information today about a very important and interesting topic, something that's near and dear to my heart because it involves the topic of elders and California financial elder abuse law. And the reason why this is important to me is because the seniors are the senior citizens are the fastest growing segment of society. 65 years and older, people are just living longer. Let's face the facts. They're living longer, better health, nutrition, science, diet, fitness, exercise, uh, just general living longer. Could be evolution. I don't know. But the point is they're living longer and, you know, in following the mortgage meltdown in, in 2007, 2008, seniors are some of the only people that are actually left with any money or property. So it's really interesting sort of the forces that are at work in our society today and, and how financial elder abuse can play out. So we wanted to talk a little bit about this. We have the one, the only, the incomparable, the amazing, the undefinable, the insignificant. I know, I mean, the significant, totally joking, honey. The significant <laughs> frontline Lisa joining us today. Are you there? I just got off the phone, and yes, I am, and I'm happy to be here. Man, nobody works the phones more than you, do they? You know what? I do my best. I uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been really a busy couple of weeks, and you know, it's it's funny because some of the calls that come in, I mean, people don't understand that you know you're busy, and I it's just, it's just interesting, but it's all good. And and you know what? It's Friday. It's Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. Forgot to mention that. So we're talking today, Frontline Lisi. Uh, hop in anytime. Take the conversation over, whatever you need to do. Tell me to be quiet. Tell me I'm wrong. Whatever you need to do. And we're talking about financial elder abuse and how people are living longer and how following the financial mortgage meltdown, sometimes you look around and it's, it's senior citizens and the elderly population. That's the one left with money and property to, to go after. Would you agree? Yeah, and yes, I do. It's it's unfortunate you think that your children or loved ones are protecting you when in reality they are the the bad guys. The bad guys. I like how you just make it nice and simple. The bad guys. So we and let's give a shout out if we can to our favorite senior citizen, Aunt Alice. What a great person she is. At what is she? Ninety five, ninety six now. What is she? She's going to be ninety six. 96. And what a spitfire, what a ball of joy, what an amazing woman and amazing life she's had. You know, and it's really interesting because, I mean, she, you know, she never had any children. She, she's just, she's, she is the, the complete, you know, how you'd want to be when you get older. She's, uh, you know, she's out and about all the time. She's got energy. She's happy. She's positive. But, you know, it's interesting because she lives at a one of the a home, and, you know, there's a lot of elder stuff that goes on in those homes. I mean, missing jewelry and, you know, wanting them wanting to see your bank account to see if you have enough money to, to be there. Very interesting, and I feel bad for people in those positions that don't have children 
or people that are looking out for their best interests because, you know, you you are not, maybe don't have all your faculties together. And, you know, it's unfortunate that people, there are people out there that are trying to pry on, prey on, you know, innocent people. Absolutely. Well said, Frontline Lisa. You are all over it. Obviously, you have a strong command of the knowledge here, so uh, of the topic here. So let's talk about uh, a couple things that are important to people that may be listening today. What is financial elder abuse? We know what nursing home abuse is, um, you know, just treating people disrespectfully and maliciously when you're taking care of them. But what is financial elder abuse? Now, there, it's a specific claim, actually, under the California Welfare and Institutions Code, and you can find it in section 15610.30. So once again, if you're taking notes, Welfare and Institutions Code 15610.30. And it talks about financial elder abuse of an elder or dependent adult occurs when a person or an entity, that's a person or an entity, does any of the following. One, takes, secretes, appropriates, obtains, or retains real or personal property, keep in mind money is personal property, of an elder or dependent adult for a wrongful use or with an intent to defraud or both. So we're just going to focus on that. I'm not going to bury you in legal definitions. That's our basic working definition, taking, secreting, uh, secreting, appropriating, obtaining, retaining, real personal property, money, property, jewelry, stocks, intellectual property, whatever you have, taking things for a wrongful use. And actually, I'm not even quite sure on the uh, intellectual property. I'll have to look that up and do a show on that as far as if you own copyrights or you have a copyright portfolio, um, being that that's sort of intangible, intangible personal property. So I'd actually have to look that up. So don't don't quote me on that one. But basically taking money to a wrongful use or with an intent to defraud from an elder. So now this can encompass so many different things. I mean, it really defies a simple definition, but I wanted just to talk about, and in case you're interested, there's a really good guide put out by the California Department of Justice on a citizen's guide to preventing and reporting elder abuse. Preventing and reporting elder abuse. Now, remember, some some institutions are going to be mandated reporters. So if they know of some elder abuse going on, they need to report it. But this is a good guide. If you want to get that information, Department of Justice, California, Guide to Preventing and Reporting Elder Abuse. Check that out. But it talked about some of the um, identity, excuse me, some of the financial elder abuse issues that are of bigger concern to the attorney general. So attorney general probably getting a lot of calls, lots of complaints. So some of the things on their list of financial elder abuse, telemarketing fraud. You know, somebody's calling you up saying, you know, I've got a great investment for you. And uh, got some great property in Florida for you to invest in. I've got some, a, a great timeshare for you in the middle of the desert to, to invest in. Um, so that's on there, telemarketing fraud, identity theft. If somebody's stealing the credit cards, you may find this. Um, kids, you know, one of, one of your kids taking the credit card of an adult, which is essentially a form of identity theft, ringing up their cards and then going, hey, somebody must have ripped off your card, Dad. Um, you know, you got a $50,000 uh, balance on your credit cards. Where'd that come from? Must be fraud. Well, it may just find that it's the kids. So, so identity theft, stealing credit cards, 
home improvement scams is another one on the list, home improvement scams and estate planning um, hazards. Now, what, what we would say in that regard is sometimes you have financial, you know, some of the big perpetrators of financial elder abuse are the kids, financial planners, attorneys that have earned the trust and confidence of the elder, um, these kinds of things. Sometimes it's an insurance agent that's gained your trust and steered you into the, to an improper um, product or a mortgage broker charging you 40000 in fees to put you in a negative amortization mode. So there's so many different scenarios that can pop up. It could be a car dealership ripping you off on your trade-in. We had one client that had taken his car in that was worth, even by low Blue Book standards, was worth about 3500 They gave him $100. Was it $100 That's or terrible. $200? I think it was $100 for his car. So crazy. it comes in all different forms and fashions. So what do you think of that front line, Lisey? What do you, what's your you know what? I, you know, we see, we do see it quite often and it is unfortunate. And again, it's one of those things where this poor man went by himself. And, you know, I guess you, you would say is if you're elder and, you know, maybe you think you have all your faculties, but the reality is you should probably have somebody with you. A, a grandchild, a, a child, you know, a neighbor or somebody that will come and, you know, be your sounding board to help you make better decisions because this guy went by himself and that's what had happened, right? That's exactly right. And, yeah, and it's, you're exactly well said. And so, you know, when you have elders, some, unfortunately sometimes in everybody's busy life we sort of lose track of the elders and we'd go, oh, well, they can take care of themselves. They've been doing it for 95 years. They'll be fine. But, you know, taking that approach where we take our eye off the ball, stop caring for people and putting our time and attention, calling them, making sure, you know, making regular calls to, to the seniors in your life, how things going, anything new going on in your life, everything good. You know, they may bring up, well, I just met with a stockbroker and the stockbroker was telling me all these great uh, stocks to invest in, you know. And so taking an active role, I think, is a very important step to making sure that some of these things don't happen so you don't end up at our office saying, you know, we're out $200,000, somebody stole my house and took all the equity in my house or, you know, took $40,000 for an insurance, um, you know, life insurance annuity type of program, you know. So, you know, it, it's something where you just have to keep your eye on the ball and take an active interest, I think and your seniors. What say you? Yeah, I know. I, I definitely agree. And like I said, again, it's it's one of those things where you just, it's unfortunate that, you know, this. there are people, there are people that pry on, on children, I mean, everybody, but for some reason, the elders, because they have better chance of having more money, and, you know, so someone befriends you, and all of a sudden, you're thinking, wow, this person's so nice to me, and oh my gosh, they're, you know, they're here to help me. You just have to be very wary. You have to be very careful. And what is the, honey, what's the percentage of elder abuse upon elders, whatever percentage is actually the children of the person? Well, I don't, I don't know if it, you can break these things down into percentages. Maybe somebody's done a study. But you have to watch the children. Sometimes what happens is the, the kids – get a financial power of attorney, or sometimes they don't even have a financial power of attorney. They're just sort of the unspoken, unwritten um, financial advisor, so to speak. And the kids 
um, with their own needs and their own families and their own mortgages to pay and their own greed and things that they have on their mind, they start funneling money and, and, and playing with the money in, in accounts of an elder, stealing credit cards, you know, um, taking monies that are supposed to go for certain payments and diverting them into their own accounts, bilking their bank accounts, all kinds of things that we see in, in, a, in a common everyday practice here. So, um, yeah, so it's important just to keep an eye out on the, the, the different relationships, try to be actively involved. Remember that the thing about elder abuse is it runs across all socioeconomic statuses, genders, races, ethnicities, educational backgrounds. It does not discriminate. It affects all categories. So, I mean, this is not some isolated um, type of thing that only happens to, you know, certain wealthy people in Beverly Hills or something. It happens anywhere, all across the country, every day. And it's a very important thing because, you know, the elders, you know, need to be protected. And if, you know, if you're not careful, the elder has nothing and they're put out on the streets. We've had foreclosure cases where people are socked away and the, the loan broker made $40,000, socked them away in what the elder thought was a good loan, only to get foreclosed on, only to realize they could have done a reverse mortgage and the house could have been paying them. There, was, there would be no issue. So you have all these different kinds of abuses by financial planners, stock advisors, attorneys sometimes, um, you know, just it just runs the gamut. So it's a real it's a real big thing. And the other thing about elders is they're not always they're not always willing to come forward and say what happened because it's embarrassing. Can you imagine coming forward? Mm -hmm. and you're 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 95 years old and you lost your life savings because you trusted someone at the nursing home center. And just imagine how you would even approach your family and friends and say, "Can somebody give me a place to live? I don't have any money. Why? What happened?" Well, I got ripped off by a caretaker. Yeah. Um, I signed I signed the deed over. We had one case where where somebody was basically in the intensive care unit and the ex-boyfriend the ex-boyfriend talked her into signing over a deed while she was under medication waiting to go into surgery. And so, you know, and it's just these kinds of things are so tragic. Um these are a sample of the kinds of cases we take and have taken. And so if you feel that you or someone you know has been ripped off, abused, taken advantage of by any sort of financial company, any sort of individual, uh, these are things we can look at taking. Oftentimes, we can take these on a contingency fee basis or a partial contingency fee basis. It really just depends on the facts, but these are things we can look at. So I guess you didn't want to fill that time there. So I'll just keep talking. So other things, <laughs> other things that are so neat wait, about wait, wait, you're probably playing so with your nails a, again. Am I just a filler? <laughs> well, I told you at the beginning, if you want to take over the show, if you want to take the direction and take it where it needs to go, I'm here. But, hey, you've got to just step in and take the reins. So you having not it. taken the reins, I'm going, okay. <laughs> so having not taken the reins. I'm going to, to move forward a couple other uh, elder abuse topics. One is the concept of shifting the burden of proof. What's that mean? Okay, well, in a court of law, a plaintiff normally has the burden of proof. They need to come forward and prove their claim by a preponderance of the evidence. That means more likely than not 51% rule, as we call it, the 51% rule. You've got to prove your case. 
with facts, evidence. Okay, so it, there are circumstances where you can show um, and where the plaintiff can allege undue influence. Undue influence, that's a legal term. They, you can seek to shift the burden of proof to the other party in a civil litigation setting so that the other party, the defendant, then has to come forward and prove the fairness of the transaction. But you have to have this situation where you have undue influence. So that's something that needs to be kept in mind. I'm going to talk real quick just for our legal buffs out there that have their notepads out, our law students, people that are listening. What is undue influence? And let's talk, talk about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can find the definition of undue influence added to the Welfare and Institutions Code 15610.70, 15610.70. Undue influence means excessive persuasion, excessive persuasion that causes another person to act or refrain from acting by overcoming that person's free will. Overcoming that person's free will, let's say it again, overcoming that person's free will and results in inequity. Okay, so that's your, your basic, what we'll call our basic working definition. There's other little subparts of it, looking at the vulnerability of the victim, the influencer's apparent authority, the actions or ta tactics taken, those kinds of things. Um, you can find this at 15.610.70 or go to our website, SeniorCareAttorneys.com. You'll find out more information on these specific definitions, SeniorCareAttorneys.com. So if you can allege these sort of facts of undue influence and, and something maybe like a real estate lawyer that has a wealthy real estate client and, and has dealt with the client over the course of 10, 20 years, and starts advising the person on what to do. Why don't you use one of my broker buddies? Why don't you use one of my affiliate companies? And the affiliate company takes them through the ringer, um, you know, signs away uh, their commercial or residential property, leaves them with nothing or gets them very little for their property, gouges them in fees, and then says, hey, well, looks like you made a bad investment in real estate. Looks like a bad deal. Well, not so good for you. Those are the kinds of things where you may be able to allege undue influence. Um, the more vulnerable the victim is, the better chances you're going to have it at, at shifting the burden on this kind of thing. So that is undue influence. That's potential shifting the burden of proof, financial elder abuse, very nice um, language that you can put in your litigation toolbox. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. Okay, back to your nails. So I'm going to finish with one Final piece, and that is writ of attachments. Okay, financial elder abuse law is really interesting. Okay, it has a provision that allows for a prejudgment, that's before a final judgment, a prejudgment writ of attachment. What's that mean? That means if you have a case where you have financial elder abuse, you have a company with assets, or you have a person that is the defendant, the bad. The, the bad guy, I think, as you referred to it as frontline Lisi, so eloquently, so succinctly referred to it as the bad guy. If they have the bad, assets, bad guy. and say it again. I said I just repeated the bad guy. I like it too. Yeah, the bad guy. So, so, but my point is not to get off topic here. But my point is where you have these situations where you have assets and you're concerned that the person's going to run off with the assets, that you're not going to be able to recover your judgment and recover the money for the elder, the senior over 65 years of age, 
if you if they have that concern, you can put together a package. There's some judicial counsel forms that you can put together. It's a pre-judgment writ of attachment. And what that is, basically, you prepare the package, you put down what the property is that you want to attach, you put all your facts and your declarations together, and you go in to a judge in California that will issue writs. You go into the writ department, W-R-I-T, and you go in and make your case to the judge. If, you can, if you're successful, you can get a prejudgment writ of attachment. It allows you to basically seize or lock up the assets, I should say, until the conclusion of the litigation if you're successful. In other words, they can't transfer the money out, or you can seek certain protective orders that will prevent them from transferring their funds and assets. So that's a really powerful remedy that you don't have in most cases. Um, you know, you don't have them in like a defamation case. You can't do a prejudgment writ of attachment, things like that. So, so these are some of the powerful things to be thinking about when you're talking financial elder abuse. We've hit on some of the main topics, some of the types of cases that we take. We've talked a little bit about our fee structure, our flexible fee structure. So if you have any questions, anything else, give us a call at 877-276-5084 or find us on the web at SeniorCareAttorneys.com, SeniorCareAttorneys.com. Frontline Lisa, will you take us home? And thank you so much for your valuable input, your insight, your enthusiasm, and your passion for this topic. Thank you so much. Yes, well, I, I, and I have to thank you for all your hard work that you do. And if it wasn't for you, there would be no Law Office of Steve Honored or Frontline Lisa. That's so, so well said. All right, let's leave it at that. Happy Friday, everybody. Thank you for following and watching. Not watching. Thank you for listening to the Bonder <laughs> Legal Hour. Feel free to share this, this, this podcast on your social media networks. Don't forget you can find us on iTunes. So when you take those long road trips, you say, I just want to get informed for the next four hours. I want to listen to the Bonder Legal Hour. Go ahead and search out on iTunes. We're happy to follow you along your adventures. Okay, thank you so much for your support. Have a great Friday. Thank you, Frontline Lisi. We'll talk again. Thank you. Okay, have a great weekend.